Hey, Koala Culture listeners, we did a very, very poor job of introducing this episode properly. Uh, it's me in Alaska kicking off most of it. Castro comes in a little bit later, but our guest is Theravada, one of our favorite new cats, producer, MC, super dope out of Long Island for our new series called Beginning of Greatness. So we started recording with him, we just started kicking it, we didn't even intro anything right, but that's who it is, that's what it's about, and you're going to hear one of his new songs right now. Good riddance, it's me. Nothing that a fog isn't letting me do. Bid me adieu, fucking weirdos. In Queens, we learned to give you something made for cleaning out your air holes. Oh, you built for tough. What up, doc? Fuck a cop and a doctor's prescription. Doc Ellis, many dots in my vision. State to state in the Nissan plates on Hamza Medina. Stuck with a smile like Farina. Off the spirulina. Caught a quick change of demeanor. Gina, Tina, Karina distracted me from my teachers. Who would have thought? I'd have spent so much time in the district. Making motion pictures while on them all up in the conference calls. All conference when I ball. There's more confidence involved than most things at all. Based on what I saw there at the halls. I made it work, check the check and all The silence deaf until I went for every neck involved My mileage telling how I get across Pent up with this rage and all Bells rang from such a militant stance History repeats, the time is flat as the dance floor I got the same pants on, only a part similar And the gift ain't giving out the card and the signature Hate the game, not the messenger Everybody is a player, free agent Signing up for the army, giving goodie bags Just to lose a leg and an arm Let's shift the cause, I don't like when pigs try to harm We should disarm Cool, how you doing man? Thank you for doing this Hey man, my pleasure. Man. So um, I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast at all, but we just basically like talk a lot of rap shit for the most part. Yeah. It's a genius of it. Drink yeah. seltzer. Just a bunch yeah, of that's like all there, that's all there is to talk about sometimes. So it's pretty much, part. yeah. Um. So yeah. So like, we just wanted to basically talk to you, you know, a little bit about like, just sort of like your history, what you've been doing, um, you know, what you got coming up. Um, and then I don't know if there's like any topics you want to, you want to touch upon at all, anything you've been dying to talk about that people don't ask you about when you do interviews. Well, this is, um, I've done a few interviews, but nothing's ever really came out. Okay. So, I mean, there's actually, there's technically one, but that was more of like a production with a friend that right. I got to like kind of. Is that like the Long Island rap with... records thing? No, that's, um, that's actually one of the homies from Long Island, like the older oh, okay. homie. Yeah, I had met him. Uh, I was doing shows in Long Island, and he had noticed me. This was like early, and he was. I think I'm not sure if at the time he had been writing for Tiny Mixtapes. Okay, that's kind of. Oh, that's it the Sam? only Sam Dyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam. Yeah, Dyer. Sam's a good yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Good shout dude. out to that man. Um, Great talking guy. to him recently, actually. Yeah, uh, but he was the only one that really like seemed like he was articulating anything from the music that was resonating with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's he was the only one that was kind of paying attention. He wrote from a perspective of an actual fan, and th- that's like one of the things I could tell because I could I could read what he was writing, and say to myself, okay, if I didn't know who I was, I'm getting a real good idea of what he's talking about, and it's not like cringy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because it's not just like, oh yeah, dope fucking ah-ah with the backdrop and the beats and the jazz sample. Like, yeah, all right, great. You know what I'm saying? Like, he said, he's like, this is what happens when someone who grew up listening to Cannibal Ox is a fan of Future. And I was like, yeah, exactly. I like that. Thank you. It's like, if you're going to draw any, like, comparison to anything, it's at least like, oh, I know he likes this music and that's kind of a juxtaposition in his style and I get it in boom, you know what I'm saying? That's what's up. So, so why don't we just like get started? Like, you're from Long Island originally. Or actually, you're from Queens originally, and you Queens, Long, Long Island. Island. I'm from okay. Queens, grew up in Long Island. Yeah. All right. So, what I heard in like the interview I was listening to was like you basically kind of like were introduced to rap through like Slim Shady was like the song that kind of caught your attention. That's funny. I was just in the studio last night with Remy Banks talking about this. Um, it wasn't. It was one of the first rap songs that I felt like I was, I started to like 
get why rappers rapped about the things they rapped about. It was okay. more than just the song. And obviously yeah. that's like, at that age, I was like maybe eight years old. That's when I'm even able to like start to process it at all. But I got into rap when like, I'm like five or six and I heard Naughty by Nature and then like the Space Jam soundtrack. Yeah, you know Monstar <laughs> song. The space, like the Monstar song. Yeah. Like I was, I was listening. I was literally just listening to that in the car too. Just like not the man's verse. I was listening to some Buster Rhymes freestyles, and then suddenly, like his verse from the Monstars joint came to mind. So I was like, I gotta run that. And I was listening to like Never Scared remix stuff like that. But nah, like the that's like I didn't know what rap was at all. Like I just heard that, and that was just like whatever track that was. Like track fourteen, I remember sitting in front of my my parents' studio and uh, not studio. Stereo, wow, my parents had a studio, imagine that, but it was like a stereo system. And we were just hitting track 14, it's like always. So I just thought like that number was like satisfying me. I'm like, yeah, I like this song. You know what I'm saying? That's all it meant to me. I was like, yeah, put this number, I like what it sounds like, and I'm jumping around the basement with a basketball. I think I'm Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So I remember hearing this thing about the the Space Jam movie. The the total gross for the merchandise was a billion dollars. Oh, I believe it. A billion dollars of oh, merch. Crazy. All the licensing, merch, T-shirts, hoodies, soundtrack, all that. One billion dollars. That's why LeBron wants to do another one. Yeah, but that's that's never gonna that's never gonna strike the same way. No. Because it's too it's too many it's too many underlying themes and so many like moments of that time that are contextualizing everything because it's so so many more things going on than just jordan and his yeah but even jordan's story alone like he dipped from the league lebron didn't dip from the league so what's what's <laughs> gonna, what is it going to be about you know what i'm saying like if it's not like is this going to be they're probably still trying to they're sitting around for like 15 years to like should he not? Nah, you know what I'm saying? Like with every single idea, they probably get to like, oh, maybe we should not. Nah, that's not going to be good. And LeBron like probably shot one scene and he was just like, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, the thing LeBron doesn't have, I mean, I know he's like a big global brand, but I don't think he has like the impact that Jordan had. Like you would need like the Colby hologram to do Space Jam to have like the same <laughs> sort of impact as, was crazy. as Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just one of those things that doesn't need a sequel. I, I love the idea of LeBron doing a basketball film in general, but it, why does it have to be Space Jam 2? Maybe it should be just like, maybe it'll be Space Jam 2, but we all just have it fucked up and it's going to be like the Space Jam ethos, but it'll be some whole other great story that LeBron kind of like co-writes because he's LeBron and he can kind of do anything for real. So like, I don't know, that would be fire at the end of the day because LeBron's going to know like how to insert himself into it. Because I just think of all those Sprite commercials LeBron did and it's like... Mm-hmm. Everything is like he's he he's he's a master at his at his own right because he's one of the only basketball players I feel like to do all the moves he made while still being an NBA player. But like, and it, it's like Jordan did it too, but LeBron is doing it. Like, I don't know, LeBron opened a school, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's that's he's, wild. He's still in the league, getting better, dealing with mad drama as an NBA player, and he does like so many different things with his life career-wise. Yeah. You're so, so coming up. you think it, it would probably work if it was set up like the Fargo universe on FX, where it's just like every different every different uh, movie is just like a different story about somebody yeah, fighting aliens or something. Like he could be fighting the ID4 aliens. Straight up. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, like whatever it may be, you know, same universe, <laughs> different context of story. Of course. For some reason, Porky Pig and Bugs Bunny are there. Like <laughs> the Animaniacs are up in the mix. <laughs> yeah, like like because because like Jordan had a fake family in it, but LeBron can actually have his family in it. And yeah, probably be crazy. You know what I'm saying? And then they could just be like the Incredibles for real. Like, dude, Jordan's LeBron, fake wife was way higher than his real. Remember her was name? One Janita Jordan. Juanita. Everyone thought that was his mom. And in the movie, it was Teresa Randall from Bad Boys was his wife. I was like, bro. Right, he know, yeah. He knows the deal. Now I think it's his girlfriend now is like a 23 year old like Cuban woman or something. She, wow, she he really went that round, huh? Yo, he, he got the midlife from popping, Jordan. They don't I mean, care. You know, he got the dad jeans rocking. Yeah, dude. Yo, I want to I want to ask there a lot of this, dude. Yo, <laughs> I remember me in Alaska were fucking with you 
I'm not sure if Alaska, I put you on to him or you, you did, yeah. Okay. But I but I saw the one of your Twitter videos uh when you were just like I think you were like songs these days only got one verse. By the the third verse had seven verses. Like that shit I was like I assume you're younger than me, but I was like, that is true. I am from the era of writing nonstop and every song was six and a half minutes of rhyming and we loved it. And then I jumped in on the, um, I forget what record you had at that time. Either it was Zen Griffey or Zenis Robin. Uh, I think it was Zen Griffey. And so I was like, yo, this dude, this dude is pretty fucking wild. I'm going to, I'm going to peep his records. And then I remember I was picking my son up from daycare and there was a Starbucks like five minutes from the, the daycare. And I remember like pulling up in a Starbucks and got my coffee and I started playing your shit. And I just like sat in the car playing fucking Zed Griffey. And I'm like, my, my kid can wait. Like, I just want to bang this tape Damn, in, in this fucking it. suburbs of Philly. Man, like banging it. To listen to Zed Griffey. That's Straight awesome, up. Bro. And I was like, so I, and I remember texting. That's what I texted you at last. I was like, yo, you got to check this dude out. And I screen grabbed it. I was like, yo, go up band camp. Pull this that's shit fire, man. I, I mean, like, that's, that's <laughs> something like, people see like me just being dumb on the internet and being funny or whatever. And like, I don't know, there's always a truth to the joke, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, but aside from that, no one ever assumes that I'm really like a man of his craft. You know, they see a bunch of MF Doom tweets and they think, <laughs> oh, you, why, why do you hate Doom? And I'm like, I'm literally the biggest Doom fan. Like, do you not even, you don't even, it's going so over your head. It's actually that sharp and it's offending you that it's going over your head that I have to be a big Doom fan to even write this. <laughs> to joke. even know what you're talking about. To pull the yeah, reference. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, yo, bro, like, and that's just like, that's one of those things too, like with MF Doom fans, it started to click with me, like, when I wanted to do art and I wanted to do music, I feel like I can never just come together with an idea. I feel like I was never there enough or I wasn't good enough, whatever. And then I started to think about just the idea in general of how someone like Doom, as broad and as obvious as his whole thing is, he's Victor Vaughn, he's King Ghidra, whatever, he collabs with people, the name thing, whatever. And I feel like people only catch like 10% of the actual, like, kind of like lore to what MF Doom is. So when I started to understand that, that it's like, okay, I like it because I'm already like seeing it like for what it is and I'm digging real deep and I do my research whenever I get into an artist, whatever, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, you can't expect every single person that's listening to your music to always, that they're gonna delve that deep. Sometimes they just like three, four, five songs and they buy the CD and they like the cover and they buy all the shirts and, mm -hmm. and that's it for them. But these are the ones that are coming at your neck saying like, hey, you're not spelling his name with all caps, bro. And it's just like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, like not to be on some like rap snob shit, but it's like, hey, you never heard of Victor Vaughn, like fall back, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't be arguing with kids on Twitter anymore, bro. No, it's not I worth like it. I used to like get a kick out of it, just like troll kids and it's just like, haha. But now I'm just like, I'm like, yo, but like, for real, like, hey, I'm not even playing with you. Like, look, I actually know stuff and it's just like this, that, and the third, but I don't know. One thing I like about people at least come together and just be like, let me just put music out because they're not even going to catch it. Right. And I'll just let them catch what they can. And if it's hot, it's hot. And then whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so one of the things you were actually talking about in the interview I was listening to was like how you got like into like fucking sort of the online hip hop culture kind of early in your life, like right. being on message boards and shit. Like, how do you think that has impacted you in the way you consume rap? Uh, I mean, it's accelerating it, you know, the fact that I even wanted to do the research and that I- you were talking about like listening to like fucking um why am i blanking on his name um mad villain producer i'm fucking completely blanking on his yeah, name i can't believe it mad lib yeah like wow. you were talking about like mad lib mixtapes like oh my goodness okay. i heard a couple of his joints yeah that dude yeah. that that guy mad lib yeah i, yeah. I just oh. blanked on it i was like villain villain i was like i couldn't pull it out of the ether man i'm oh, oh, okay. years old man it, it gets harder okay. as you get older. it's okay man you're good but wait you have to repeat that one though <laughs> So it's just like you were talking about like being like super young, like grabbing those fucking beat tapes out. Like from where I was coming from, like people weren't even checking that shit until they were in their twenties. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like right. you were kind of yeah, like advanced no, I, at a young age. And and I think that's apparent in what you're doing, actually. Totally. Right. Well, well, I appreciate that. I'm glad that that, like, you know, shows through for what it is. But, I mean, mainly being fortunate enough to have a desktop computer as a kid, because my dad was really into computers in general. You have a Dell? Nah, I had like my pops was really on it, man. Like he used to just build computers. Oh, like, that's fire! Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I, that's like something that like I'm just super grateful for. I used to just watch him build computers when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like it was just fire to me that I was able to have that access. And then like when Napster became a thing, it was like so. And by the time I'm like 10, 11, I'm super nice with a computer in general. I just know how to really use a computer well. So. If I'm looking up artists, I'm already understanding what the keywords are yielding me. So I'm figuring out how to just find other music from that same artist and just clicking everything. And if it's showing me another artist's name, I'm looking up that name and I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm looking up their songs. I'm just going for it. Because Google was, if you just type in music, the music artist name, like you're still going to find an album title or a picture or something. You know what I'm saying? Like back then, if you were on Google, that's crazy. If I could Google your name at all and a picture came up on Google Images, if you know, it's just seven things, it's like, oh shit someone on the internet mentioned him because he did something like in real life for them to even talk about it on the internet, you know? Now it's the other way around. Now it's like, if it's not on the internet, it probably didn't happen. It's not real. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things I realized that I've been getting tricked a lot lately. Cause oh. there's like these, and, and I feel oh. weird being tricked because I've been in this for so long. There's like artists that I follow and I see they have like, you know, thousands of followers. I'm like, yo, they're fucking killing it. And then because we released a project lately, I've been sort of like just comparing their band camp pages with ours. And I'm like, wait, I, I actually have way more paying customers than they have. Well, and I don't numbers, even have that many paying customers. Numbers are meaningless. I know so many people yeah. with 500 followers that are eating off rap. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. It's like I had to remind myself of that. I, I just, the way like the objective assessment of how just people in music the industry as a whole or whatever you want to call it they're going to assess music they're just always going to say hey what do your numbers look like how's it clicking what's the potential is the song good blah 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 and there's nothing really like concise about artist development they're just kind of like they're willing to catch wind of anything that sounds decent or sounds like something that would sell and they just run with it pardon me as I yeah. nihilist millennial the album Cargo Colts, Me and Alaska is available now exclusively on Bandcamp. We've been talking about it on the show, played mad joints, we did a live from the liner notes. Digital available now at recordcrew.bandcamp.com. Alaska is doing probably the greatest rapping of his entire career on this record. I'm doing all the beats. Castro is the only guest along with myself. We got Cryptic One doing all the mastering. The Almighty Gang, aka King Vision Ultra, did all the packaging and design, which is insane. CDs are just about going forever, but you can get the Digi t-shirt, fucking necklace, and the hoodie, all available now at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. We really appreciate your support for this record. This joint is booming and flying off the shelves, literally. I'm not just saying that to sell a record even harder. All right, Nihilus Manalian from being Alaska. They're all available. All right, pardon me. What was I just talking about? Where am I? We were talking about uh, numbers. Yeah. Numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they looking at you. They look at your plays and they look at the potential of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about how like it was just assess stuff. Because it's like the same things I saw like doing local shows and whatever. You know, like yeah. they hear it and they look at it and they try to contextualize it with whatever other nine things they know about that's happening in music. You know, where do you fall on the spectrum of what's right. popping? Because whatever what's popping is what's dictating how you're gonna fit in. So you gotta be in between. Are you ASAP Rocky? Are you J. Cole? Are you Kendrick? Are you Tyler the Creator? And that's what that's what everyone's kind of doing in all these things. Like everyone's sitting around stroking their chin. They're like, oh yeah, like trying to find like they know talent because they can at least see you and be like, hey, you kind of remind me of an action Bronson kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, I wonder where you got that from. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like it's where do you fit into the algorithm? Like no one, no exactly. one's saying to you, yo, you remind me of like 98 Noriega. No, but, oh, that's actually really funny too. Cause same thing last night when I was, when I was in the studio, we were talking about the same thing about how it took me doing a show in Virginia 
for someone to tell me that. Wow. I had to go. I had to go. It was. It was one of my. It was definitely. It was definitely. T- like I had been going to Richmond for like a year at that point when that happened. I don't remember who said it, but it was right after the show, and someone was like, "Yeah, I can tell you're a big Nori fan." And I was just like, "Yeah, who's the best?" I'm a big Nori fan. That's what's up. Like I you used to get mad at people trying to just compare you and like say this, this, that, and the third, but that's more specific. So I was just like, "Yeah, okay, you hear what I would hope someone would hear." You know right. what I mean? I don't, obviously, it's not like I'm just sitting around like, oh, someone, I hope someone tells me I sound like Nori, but like, no, nah, yeah, I love Nori. Nori taught me a lot about how to fucking have fun with your flow. Yes. Yeah. You know I mean, I think all of our favorites are part of our DNA, right? Like, sort exactly, of the people, yeah. the people that we adored coming up, like, there's elements that we all took to, like, kind of yeah, make that, ourselves. That, that, that's what people are trying to identify. Yeah. You know? But everyone's obsession with trying to identify that it just, you know, when you're a creative, that just blows. And it, I'm, I used, I definitely used to do that. But if I did it, I was, I was on, I was super nerdy about it. So I'm not saying like, oh yeah, bro, you sound like, I don't know, Jay Z. You're like, no, you don't sound like Jay Z. You sound like this whole other underground guy that you probably yeah. haven't heard. Like, yo, I remember I seen this one dude at a local rap show, and he said, he said some shit like. This is like 2011. So like someone who had a bar like this on like a weird beat, he was like, I feel like I feel like Cupid on acid. I'm on the wall backwards, like something like that. And I remember saying they're like, oh, this dude is like 43, and he just said that. That's fire. And I went up to him. I'm like, yo, you ever heard of Void Omega? He's like, nah, who the fuck is that? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I was hoping like, oh, he's on some like other shit. Like, uh, see what he, I see what he might be going for. I'm like 19, so I'm just like, oh, maybe because like you going up, you watching all these rappers. Everyone's trying to be like, getting money, big Benz, Rolls Royce, da da da. And it's like, okay, next. And it's like someone else doing the same iteration, but they have a producer, so it sounds a little, yeah. little cooler. But it's okay, like you get every single show was the same type of shit you gauge. You have the dudes that were like, okay, these dudes are kind of well dressed, but it sounds like this. And then it's like, oh shit, the backpack kids are going on. And it sounds like this. And it's like, oh shit, here's 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 the shy singer dude. He's going up. Okay, everyone loves him because he's doing his best. Okay, and then the next guy, you know what I'm saying? Like that was just every single show. I love that shit though, honestly. I had the most fun at shows like that. I always, yeah. I, I loved, I love like that shit is like wild inspiring to me and it's just more fun. Like, even if it's like terrible or if it's like decent, you know what I'm saying? I love coming across some shit that's like, it's fire for what it is. It doesn't have to be the next biggest thing, but I'm sitting here like, no, nah, this is cool. There's some random kid. I like how he's rapping. I might fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? Just because I liked what I saw that night. I remember seeing some kid, some kid, he was so shy. I thought he was going to faint while he was rapping, bro. And I was just like, I'm standing there and I'm like, people are like walking away and I'm looking at him and I'm like, he's trying. I'm going to watch this right now. Mm-hmm. And then out the blue, it was like, from the first beat, I would have never guessed this would have been the second beat. It was, um, Axe puzzles, Quasimodo. Oof. And I'm standing there and I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, he's gonna rap on this. <laughs> and he just like his flow is just so like off. Like I remember, like he was <laughs> I was watching how he was standing and like his foot was just like, I don't know. I'd be watching rappers closely sometimes because I can tell him like I'm I'm looking for like some type of like organic energy or whatever the fuck, wavy hands around, whatever. Dudes would just like be standing still, like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I would see their like body like stuck in a loop and he just like one of his feet were just like, you don't see how I'm standing, but like he had his foot like turned on the side and it was just like, I don't know, man. I can't describe it. It was just hilarious to me. You know what I mean? But I'm sitting there watching it, enjoying this kid, giving it his all, even though he looked like he was about to faint. You know what I mean? But yeah, That's some I, of the best shit about like doing those types of shows and going to those types of shows. It's like the artists that don't fit in are usually the best ones. Easily. Like yeah. Torin like is part of like the underground scene in like the the mid 2000s. Everyone was either like a Jux clone or a Rhyme Sayers clone. And then you would get to like Baltimore and do a show with like you know K Beta who's like a, a Baltimore street kid. Nice. And it's like, "All right, this is the best dude I've seen in like three tours. Like that's who I want to fucking right. follow and check out." Right. You know, like just the dudes that like you could tell love rap in general aren't just fixated on like one particular style. Right. Yeah, that 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 was always that was always the best thing about 
when I was at least at local shows, you could distinguish at least which of the dudes that you would just, because you could just, you could sit around and listen to rappers and just write everyone off as generic and you're yeah. just never impressed and whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? But if you really paint it, like there's a lot of cats that like, if they just had the right engineer or the right producer or the right guy mm -hmm. to hold the camera for them, it could really go in a crazy direction. I've seen mm -hmm. a lot of talented cats that I yeah. wish just whatever happened in their life right after the moment when I started to realize that they were super talented and they could be somebody, something happened that redirected their entire context that they didn't just draw from the same muses or the same influence or maybe they stopped with the music because where I went with that, it allowed me to meet more musicians in different places. And, yeah. you know, as local artists kind of are, they just stay local. They got to find yeah. other bags, other lanes, whatever. And then you start to question, like, damn, I thought I, I was I would sit around these people thinking this music shit is way deeper to them than it is to me. Mm -hmm. I was super inspired by so many of these cats that don't even make music anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about um, what's the one record you have where you say that um, I think it's the cars in the front yard where you right. say the Nas shit. Uh, fuck yeah. frozen. They kept pneumonias on their arms and wrists. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you caught that. I was I was hoping someone would finally catch that. Car was in the front yard, sleeping with my clothes on. I knew a few pharmacists. Fuck frozen. They kept pneumonias on their arms and wrists. Sleeping with my clothes on. The car was in the front yard. Came through the window last night. Kept pneumonias on their arms and wrists. Oh, I'm the, I'm on our show. I'm the only person that enjoys the Streets Disciple album. Okay, and I believe that's on disc one. And I believe that's the what's the name joint on the Lightning Rod sample. I know a few pharmacists. Fuck Rosen. They kept the vote. Yeah. I mean, Sekou, Sekou the story, the like yesterday, they story like yesterday. They would have kings. Was he? Was he? Was it? Yeah. Had to mix heritage. Bitches used to hit on, hit the, on the reg. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. That was Never seen a run man spoken so. It's crazy. A brother was blush. Frozen, they kept pneumonias on their arms and wrists. The main dudes say cool face look hard as shit. Remember, like yesterday, they were the kings of ecstasy. Kept selling it, he blends in everywhere, has a mixed heritage. Bitches, let him hit on the reg. Waterbed seats in his car, all red. Ferrari, Florida, where we met at a red light. Homeboy bumping my old shit. They wildin' with some freaks from the islands, pounding behind him. Limousine bins, he shouted. Nas roll with us, some boys, so I followed him. Nikki Beach, here's where the scene begins. He put me on the dawn. Nice ass with a set of mean twins. Had a pocket full of cash. That Ooh, song is so specific. Like me and Rob Chambers. Rob Chambers and I grew up together. If that wasn't already like, Still, yeah, like Rob. Yeah, we're we're family for real. And that was like, I remember one day he was like, he said he stayed home from school. He was mad sick, and he listened to Streets Disciple in full. And he was like, Yo, honestly, people are asleep. And I was just <laughs> like. I was like, I guess maybe in like around that time, though, I'd gone back and checked some joints. There's joints. Deku's story was just that joint, man. That Yo. shit was just so far. Like, I just love that loop. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, rod joint. Sport. Shit was hard. I remember playing that. I remember playing that song off my MP3 player, and it was wired in to my boy's uncle's turntables, and he was cutting up over that track, and it just made me love that song so much more because that was one of those moments where I was like wow like this is my boy's uncle he's dead nice with the scratches like he would like play beats he was on some like rizzo shit for real like with the beats and this is just like my boy's uncle but this is when i'm like 14 15 i'm not thinking it's like anything that it's like oh my god he's like he might be the next somebody but i'm sitting here i'm like damn there's like people around me that like i really do this like this is crazy you know what i mean because i wasn't ever really around people that were really making beats before that moment like my uncle was a dj i'd been around djs but watching someone like in like a like in like someone's house, like watching them cut up and stuff, and like it was just one of the moments over those songs, you know, it just made it more special to me. 
And then even, even like, I remember like in that same room too, I remember him playing beats and my boy was like freestyling and like, I'd never heard him rap before and he was just freestyling. And I was like, wait, you're fucking fire. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, we're 13, 14. And I'm like, I think I know a good rapper when I hear one at this point, I'm like, I'm not bugging. Like this kid sounds good. You know what I mean? But there was, you know, within that little neighborhood where I was living in Long Island, like within three, four blocks of each other, like, that was my friend. He rapped and his uncle was a DJ that was making beats. And there was a kid around the block that was rapping who's that nice. One of the reasons I even rapped. And then Mike P lived like five blocks the other direction. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone was just mad close. That's how that shit like started happening. Where did you grow up in Long Island? It was in Belmore. Belmore? Okay. Word. Because uh, we, we got our start. A lot of us, we used to go to uh, Westbury to my boy Cryptic's uh, house like when we were doing like all the early Adam stuff. Uh-huh. So yeah, we had a lot, a lot of Long Island history out there. Did you ever, did you ever record at the palace? No, what's the palace? Okay. The palace. I mean, like, we pretty much recorded at Cryptic's house. That was it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the palace was like, probably like the only studio in Long Island that has like industry history, like rap industry okay. history. Like Buster used to record there. Nas, Mob Deep used to record uh-huh. there. Seal recorded there. Oh, wow. I mean, Yo, I remember we used to always just walk in through the back when we started going there. Now, um, my homies Marlo and Mike P, they had rapped in a Battle of the Bands contest at Crazy Donkey, which I'm sure you're familiar with. It was like one of the only venues in Long Island that was like, they had like punk bands and indie bands and like underground rappers and stuff. Okay. Like It was like one of those types of venues. Like it was having good shows. People were actually going out there a lot, like through the 2000s, whatever. Um, now this is my first time actually ever going there my friends are in the battle of bands it's like 50 bands two of them that are rap my friends being one of them and we're all opening for andrew wk oh okay shit. yeah really random really hilarious he's doing the song he's doing the dance at the end and i'm just i'm like sure what i'm just like this is just crazy it was just so much going on but my friends performed and we came like 30 deep and it just made everything like if, if you were at a rap showcase or contest and you just came with more than 20, 30 people oh, yeah. and you just said, yo, make some noise. Everyone's going, ah, then the judges are like, oh, yeah, these guys are great right here. They got it right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it really ever takes. And they're just like, OK, you guys win. We win all these band like, yo, bro, there was mad bands. It was like a starting at 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. for three days straight. Like it was so many bands. And my Jesus. My friends run, went over rap like seven or eight songs and we won. It was just, it was hilarious to me because I'm low-key. I'm like, yo, I'm glad they won. But I'm also like, yo, all these bands played. Like, that's crazy, bro. It was a battle of bands, bro. It's like a festival. Pulled up and killed that shit. Yeah, it was a full-blown fucking event. Whole weekend thing. We were there two days in a row, like, to claim the prize and everything. But we ended up winning studio time at the Palace. But then we started developing a whole relationship with, now I'm not even like rapping or making beats at the time. I'm like just getting into DJing at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Started making beats like three years after this, maybe it was like 2010. Um, so we started just going to that studio. We used to always walk into the back. So like we go there one time and they fucking with us. So we just keep going back, keep going back, keep going back. Cool. Then the one time we come in through the front door, I just see all the plaques and I'm like, I'm like, yo, what the, f-? I'm like, why did no one tell me? I'm like, yo, what is this place? I'm looking at all the plaques. I'm like, yo, I'm seeing Seal next to Nas. And I'm like, nah, what the fuck is this place? Those are like two of the most important artists to me, like growing up for real. Like, the and Seal's like, on the fucking Space Jam soundtrack too. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Full circle. My, circle. Mother, my mother was a huge fan of Seal. So I just grew up just being super into Seal as a whole. Like I got every CD. Yo, what's what, what was that Tash lyric when he says... No scars on my face now, nah, bitch. I'm not seal. You ever hear that joke? Tash from Alcoholic says that shit. On, no, I'm not sure what song is that. It's on a Rap Life, the album. Because it was like someone posted a picture of the album yesterday. I was thinking of it. I know a few alcoholics joints. Yo, Tash Rap Life album. That shit, that shit is that is a slept on fucker record. I think it's a song. It's called a uh, Bermuda Triangle. He rhymes on the um the get lifted. His solo. His solo record. Yeah. What's up, Casher? Yeah. What's the, up, the, yo? The solo joint. Peace, Theravada. What's up? Sorry for the late appearance. Um, yeah, the, the I used to date. Though. Yeah, I dated the girl that did that. Um, she was my I remember college. She was my prom date in my high school 
my high school sweetheart. Well, no, that's not true. She's she's not how deep we are. We're so deep into it. You're like, I dated the girl who did the Tash solo album on Loud Records. Yeah, she used to work for Loud. She did the Tash one, and then she did (laughs) uh, the Dead Prez one. And I forgot to tell you this part. She was part. She was. She wasn't the lead um, creative designer, but she was there when they um either a mobility. One oh god she's, she's either i mean the artwork's fucking it might be, it's just it might be lex diamonds it might be the lex she's that she was around for that i don't know if no, i think of mobility because he wasn't on loud when, when lex yeah you gotta look it up whatever one day mobility sort of that era too it's loud yes yeah loud. so she yeah. did that one too she didn't say she like she she was an artist she drew Word. so um yeah sorry that i just <laughs> it's like dynamite dropping that was a great story Check my spam folder, Def Jam Vendetta, Dead Left Shrimp, I'm Steve Francis, leave your face swole. 1994, had the corner of the Grove, shaking cold. The Snow Cosby shows no more. British Murray for convenient place, no Gucci Museum. The big bag carries something worth a fed case. Click full of dead weight, always when you wish you could impregnate. Been telling everyone you dead late. Mother always told me, one day you'd be great, that you do Mass block the UV rays, cargoes with the patch missing, never ask, kiss a wax spinning. The cream so ace, it's not the off-white, what you expect though. And fuck your corporate parties, thinking that you rock stars with the Ed Hardy, the biscuit box in from Popeyes. Go ahead, we set it off and popping all balloons. Everything is simple, keep the magazine the temple. You let them in, they befriend you, pen this right into your schedule. Bringing nothing to the table, don't be surprised you on the menu. President did pre-game, see a big she had been lame, ain't got enough credentials, the loudest dog up in the kennel first, the loudest dog up in the kennel first, wanna get their shit chewed up, and that's a shit bet, don't fret, she tell me say less. That was a pretty good story, um, we gotta have, um, I, I wanna, I wanna kinda, I wanna hit you with this though, and then, um, I wanna kinda, maybe, maybe, maybe we like just wrap it up with this one, cause we got another thing we're gonna tape after, but, I want to ask you this as a producer and as a rapper, when do you know, and you're super prolific, when do you know your beats are done and then your songs are done? If they're short shot keepers, I know 90% of the time, the second they're done, like it takes the least amount of time. So you're not like, I got to go back and filter this, add 15 things, take this out. I say 90% because I think that's just how I worked all the way up until this point. And that's what makes my next album a little different is because I did a little more marinating with ideas on songs and didn't do as many like, what am I doing today? I'm just going to make beats and rap on shit and just Mm -hmm. say what I have to say and just, just, that's it. Because that's kind of how it used to be. I used to be like, make mad beats, make mad beats, make mad beats. Okay, just write to random shit, write to random shit, fuck around. Lay shit down, ideas, ideas, freestyle, lay shit down. Like just to do it, just as yeah. exercise, you know what I mean? But I felt like I, I got comfortable enough with my craft that at this point with this album, it was more of, I would make mad beats and I didn't feel an urgency to rap as much like, oh, I gotta do this today, I gotta do it right now. I was kind of like, you know, you're coming fresh off a 91 track album for one, but I didn't necessarily exhaust myself in the process of it because I was able to treat that plot of time like I did years before that, where I felt like I didn't have to make music for any objective. I was just, mm. like I said, exercising. So I did that, but it, it's obviously going to be way more refined. And I'm going to know how to approach it, right. and, you know, program the whole experience you know, but it's sometimes I've been fucking with the MPC way mm. more in the past year. And that wasn't really. Were you doing the 404 before that? Or what were I'm, you the, I'm the 303. 303. Okay. But like the whole beat for me is made in the 303 ends up in the 404. I used to use the 202, but not anymore. I stopped working. Um, using the MPC slowed down my process a little bit, like everyone will tell you. But then it allowed me to like kind of. You know, you have more control over the samples. I started making beats with reason and I was doing the yeah. most. I was just doing yeah. the most just because yes. I could. You know what I mean? Like just wanted to do everything. Layering samples, yeah. playing random synths over terrible drums that 
I just used to click the drums in random places. I wouldn't even go with any timing. I'd have the beat at 170 and then I'd like be clicking it in random places and just playing. I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? But I was doing something. Then I got off of that. I got a 404, I got a 303. Simplified my whole process and started to understand more of like what timing really meant, what sound design really was and whatnot. Nice. And, you know, I just got super comfortable with doing that directly on the 303 using the MPC now. Now it's getting back into the process of how to layer stuff, how to have more control over the sample, what to do with more time rather than just kind of looping stuff or just recording stuff for a minute and a half, but keeping it simple within the parameters of what I can play with one hand on the 303 because you only have mm. 12 seconds or whatever it may be on the 303, you know, right. but yeah, I don't know. I, t- I took more. I took more time listening to beats because I just made a bunch of beats and would send out beats and just be like, "Hey guys, I'm making a bunch of beats. I like how they sound. Check them out, whatever." And then I just knew which ones I wanted to keep for myself, and I sat on them. I wasn't really like that. Ever. Usually, I'd hear a beat, I get right to it. These ones would be like, "I like these beats." And I just go about life and go about doing whatever other creative things I need to do. That's great because I, I think like what 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 I love about your records is. It has that energy and feel of like very, very, there's a lot of urgency and immediacy and like nothing is overly precious where it's like, that's what it sounds like as a listener. You made it. This shit was fire. You're like, the mic is here. I'm here. Boom, boom, boom. It comes out versus like, let me take six and a half years to get the right thought and the right snare and then the right filtered baseline. Like it's dope to go that path too. But I, what, I, what I liked about how you do it is all of it is apparent. Like there is no, like even when I said before about that Nas line, I could just imagine you, because when I heard that on the song, I'm like, why the fuck would someone pick the most random Nas line from the album no one cares about? Because right. you could just probably hang out there being like, you know, it's like, fuck Frozen, kept no more. It just was in your head that day. The beat came on, you're like, I'm using it. it was there's a lot of, um, <laughs> there's a lot of dip set essence in your work <laughs> in terms of like, the immediacy of like, yo, where can, where Jules hit me? How many beats y'all got on the deck? So when I was, cause you have a lot of material. I'm, 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 I'm brand new to your stuff. So trying to go through it, but definitely I got, I got a dip set vibe. Like this, we're going to hit a certain quality and we're going to keep it clicking. You know what I'm saying? Like right, a right. million little cuts, you feel me? Right, right. You know what I mean? So is, is there anything to like the approach with shorter songs? Because that's one of the things that like, I think it ties into what they're both saying where it's like, you know, like, this is the vibe for right now. I'm rocking a 50 second song and then it's on to the next one. Like, is there is there a thought process behind that or is it just all feel? What could I tell ya? Labels trying to shelf ya. Homies might as well ya. Phony trying to rob my coattails. Even when I'm rich, I'll still be eating oatmeal. Gold glove, Gary Payton. What am I afraid of? Been married, Satan. Been weight gaining, weight training. Crazy eights on the pavement. Three man weave since my face clean shaven. Bent off Bombay. Binge break day, I've been misbehaving. Spent on my pain, witnessing the ways they done shape shift lately. Take L's like Morgan Ave, I'm more Tracy. You look like you stole your swag and shot. And Macy's glass broke. Next thing I know, my hair was on next. I love my wallet, I can stuff it in the leather, don't stretch. Y'all performing steady, hopping with the microphone next. I can't believe the type of checks they be cutting for some karaoke, okie doke mess. I rock around floor and roll my poke. I rock around floor and. Damn. I rock around floor and roll my mama told me, boys, don't you stress. Don't you stress. Nah, it's just what happens, you know, I'm yeah. not like, if anything, I'm, I just debate with like, should I add something? Should there be something? Do I just let the beat ride out? Should I just cut it? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I listen back to how I arranged and sequence the music. And I'm like, I could have done that a little different. I could have done that a little better. Yeah, it seems like it's, this is an intelligent brother. That we don't have time for these long ass songs anymore. Last, you from this era, with the four verses, and the guy rapping and he fades out. We ain't doing that no more, all right? Right. How many bars you got? 50 cent, how many bars? You got eight bars? All right, boom, we need three, we need two more of those. We got a song, done. But no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm joking, but look, I, I, as I got, 
as I started being more prolific, I stopped. As Zilla, I couldn't even do it. Son. I, I, three verse songs are like, like terrifying to me. It's like, like you know, like uh, people scared of spiders and drowning. Three verse songs, I can't. I'm not going that far. Like, look, if I, because I, I think of it two ways. I think of it as, um, do I really have a third thing to say on this? Uh, and then I also the think that well, when you, when you listen to rap, we grew up with. Four verses. It's effortless. These but my, like, but, all right, here's the third verse. You had some, but here's the thing. I also turned it inward and made it a critique of myself because I'm like, if I can't get the listener, if I can't get out in two verses, what I'm talking about, then maybe I need to start again. Hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I and you know me, I'm, this is my own personal Achilles. I'm, I'm not, a, I can't rap that long. I get tired of myself. And if I'm like, oh my God, they don't want to hear it. 18 bars of me? No, I'm sorry. See, I, I didn't realize that until we went on tour and doing those songs that are And then people are like, who the fuck is this person? They're not from my part of the country. I don't know shit. And it's like, and I feel on stage being like, oh, wait, there's like another verse and a half still to go in this moment. What about when you have the long song, Shut you're on tour, and your co-stars don't really have the overdubs because these are the long songs. Long <laughs> you're <man>. really... <laughs> Start so like Z, you don't know. With every time we perform together, if there was something like that come up, I'll let you take front stage, and I, you know, yeah, oh, I, I know. Step back. I, yeah. All right, I'll just, I know that goes little secrets, yeah, secrets. good stuff. But you can feel it like dragging on. That's what I'm saying. Like you may love it in practice, but then when you're when you're getting immediate feedback from people, and they're just kind of like looking at their phone a lot. Or like you feel I think you have to have a, um you're like, oh, this was a bad call to do this one. This let's just call long. let's let's call it like you need a really interesting style to to go over to color outside the lines. So like yeah, let's say okay. Pharaoh like no, switch or something. Nobody gets tired of Pharaoh rapping. Nobody right. gets tired of Black Thought rapping. Now they right. might have both made their points right at bar 30 or whatever, but like you know, you're enjoying sure. it. Silk the shocker, after about yeah. six bars, buddy. I'm out of here. You know, I'm. Hey, listen, I am a Soap the Shocker revisionist. <laughs> you, you've gone back? Listen, man. Hit me, hit me. Dude. Silk. I'm not even going to talk about Silk. Alan Iverson. Yes, sir. Listen, well. A lot of rappers that people weren't credited for that we can go back and be like, this is how a lot of people try to rap right now. And, they, and no one would ever realize that. Like, Ooh. Silk is like, I listen to Silk and I'm just like, oh. Well, he is the forebearer of um, what's the guy? Blueface, it's things like that. And um, yeah, like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even immediately do that. But there was definitely a moment that while I'm hearing it, I'm like a kid who is younger that hears Blueface and he's into it, and he's like, yeah, I like this kind of rap music, and that's like what's developing in his like brain of like what he appreciates for music. He might hear Silk the Shocker and be like, oh, this is that older shit. This kind of crazy. I yep. He can make sense of it now because there's something derivative to what's actually popular now that has that like Great point. staccato, offbeat, whatever. Alan Iverson. Gunplay's gun like that too. What's that? Gunplay's like that. Gunplay. Gunplay's gun like that. Like, like, yeah. Alan Iverson's problem, everybody was that beat. The, I love that so, beat. The 40 No, but listen, listen, y'all. Bear with me, y'all. Yeah. He's so popular. Track. I'm telling you. That hey, so, I guess? What's it so called? Fire. Virginia Ain't for Lovers is so fire. I never heard this. Shit. I never. I, we talk, we talking about the um that main Joel song they went. Forty, you know, 40 bars. Viral. Yeah, forty oh, bars was oh, on the radio bars. here. They would play that on the radio fifth here. Grade listening to that <laughs> on my broken ass disc man going to basketball practice, bro. Like I, that so was. Everybody, we went Philly. They were playing the thing I on was the radio. It, so it, what what was going on was that was the only material. They yeah, were like so pushing heavy. Stern shut them down. So I, I can tell you the truth. I didn't even hear another. I think I might have heard one and a half other pieces of his. I've heard more Kevin that. Durant verses than I heard you, Al. You, you could Kobe only Bryant. get a few on Napster at the time. Ah. Like we were talking about before. Right. I was on Napster and all that heavy. shit really heavy, eight, nine years old. So trust me, every Alan Iverson song that you could get, I had tried to download. You can only get two. It was <laughs> nice. bars. And it was some shit that sounded like it was on a fake Manny Fresh beat. So that was Ooh. the one that wasn't really like, it was, it was just, it just wasn't the one. That one wasn't really, but now like you go on YouTube, that whole unreleased album was just up. Oh like, shit. Yeah, you can go Ooh, one I'm playing right this tomorrow, boy. Yeah, and I, Virginia and I think we- lovers. Virginia ain't for lovers. Virginia ain't, ain't for lovers. Virginia ain't, ain't for lovers. lovers. The opposite of the- um... Oh, listen. Okay, man. all right. Virginia ain't for lovers. We in the same place.
Peace at the same time, I guess it's a big misunderstanding. Uh-huh. Bitch niggas throwing jams, my haymakers landed. After your head knotted up, I trash my clothes cause it's spotted up. Bleed your eyes off, fat and blood clotted up. Come on. Put niggas in comas. Turn fake ass niggas into organ donors. Niggas probably could use all your body parts except your brain, heart, and bone. <laughs> I twist you like the top of my corona. Man. Murder these so-called MCs, won't From the bottom of the north and top of the south. From knocking teeth out, stashing blocks and ease house. One head shot soon as you peep out. Your mom's holding your head up, freaking out. As the Kool-Aid leak out. Stop searching, big, cause ain't nobody gonna speak out. Quick pull the peace out. On a rape as a child molester. Taking the law in my own hands. Besides beef, that's a good enough reason to kill a man right where he stands. Even in broad daylight. Put it to his head and watch his soul take flight. I'm talking to fake-ass rappers, wannabe gun clappers and actors. To the like the people go to the YouTube now and they're like, oh my God, fuck the call out podcast sent me here. <laughs> because at this point though, right, y'all, he has enough equity. He could drop a he could have dropped a record after all that noise. Stuff. He said five years ago in an interview that he's embarrassed that he was trying to rap and Stop. that he 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 like apologized for displaying Stop, like oh. being a gangster and, and something. T Hut has two him. albums out. Listen, man, he was really, even if he's saying that it was like art, and he's like, I thought rap was just an expression. That's not really what I was. At that time, bro, whatever surrounded you and whatever you were experiencing, whatever you were inspired by, that's still apparent. But aside from that, as far as his like approach, vocally and like rhythmically, I don't know. He did something on Virginia for Lovers. I banged that shit. <laughs> I played like that it. shit unironically. It was funny. I was at Gray Matters crib and Gray Matters were like, this is not ill. If like, we find it, we're, we're gonna put it on the show. If we can yeah, find it, we'll put it I'm on putting it on the show as, as yeah, we segue out of, out of the, the session. Yeah, uh, so, so, uh, when I just rewatched his Hall of Fame speech, like with second tendencies, boy. Like I was, I was watching <laughs> Iverson's Hall of Fame speech live when it happened. I was in Oakland watching it, and I was like, "This is the coolest motherfucker in the world." Then I rewatched it like a month ago just to feel good in the middle of COVID mess. I'm like, I want to feel good. I want to watch the Iverson Hall of Fame speech. And he literally like shouts out like Red Man and his whole face beat. He's like, Red, like he doesn't just say a uh, big pile. Uh, he's like Cameron, Jim Jones, Red Man. But even like, think about that. A lot of them athletes wasn't shouting out no musicians. They were inspired. No. Like Jordan didn't say Kenny Lattimore got me through game six of the finals. <laughs> Seriously. So like, you know what I mean? That's Kenny it. G held me down during the 93. Oh man, my mom loved Kenny G, man. We got 18 albums at the crib, boy. His, uh, well, vinyl. No vinyl. Kenny G vinyl. She has fire. four different uh, holiday collections of his. <laughs> you know the last Kanye album, man. That's, like, that's why my mom. He is. I know. Yeah, yeah. My mom was told my mom Kanye album. I told my mom. She was on it. She's like, he's really tapping into something on this one. You should rap like this. <laughs> See? Yeah, sorry. Oh, my mom suggested I should rap. She's like, that whisper song. That's genius. Why didn't you come up with that? Yeah, that's my, my, mom my, my mom wanted me to hit the first before that. It was a black eyed peas, the where is the love joint. She really, no, felt, I think I she saw, a a, um, I a she saw where. a breakdown of like how much money, um, yin yang twins made. So then oh. she was like, Why didn't you come up with that whisper song? That's a great idea. That's a great song. It's so catchy. She's my mom, just, intimate club. She's, she's trying to bring that one back. We're gonna bring back intimate club. My mom <laughs> likes one me. main rap song, Dear Mama. She thinks that's the greatest rap song ever created Good for her, and um. I haven't made a mama song, so I, I you know. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm slack. There are no good mama songs. Dear Mama is a good song. No, it's not. Yes. Ow. Uh, Even so, as a crack fiend, mama. Mama. She always was a black queen, mama. Mama. See that? That's a great song. It's a great song. Oh, since, since you said it like that, and that changes like 20 <laughs> years of listening to that song. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a crack queen, oh she was always a black queen. That, that's got it. That's a, that's a hit record. He totally missed that part. Queen. That one part. That's the key. That was right there. Now look yeah. at all that. Now you got to go back and listen to the whole album. Yeah, fam. All right, I doubt well, he will. Though. I doubt he will. Well, um, we're gonna wrap it up with Theravada. This, I, 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 what's up? I got one more question. I want to know. You were talking about the new record. Is like, is Thomas yeah, yeah, Flat yeah. and Caught Another Dream? Are they both from the new record? Yeah, those or are they just sort of like things that are out there. Nah, those, those are both going to be on the next record, yeah. Nice. All right, we're going to play them shits too. Yeah. Get out of this. Um, yeah, man. Hopefully we'll have it. I think their Bobby have will be fun to come back. Is there a certain rapper? When we do a Nori episode, we'll, we, we got to bring him on. How about that? Yeah, that's over you. I, you want to like join us for a, a Nori Legacy of great, uh, Lineage of Greatness episode? Just all Nori love. With that, is Nori going to be on it? No, nah. we just uh, we'll, we'll we just not talk about no. It'll just be two hours straight. We do try. We do we do send out emails and we see what happens. Alaska has been very successful with the with the. Uh, I mean, 
I, I got one. You got one. Guy. <laughs> so, I, I got Tajay. That's oh, it. <laughs> Slick Rick has not responded to me yet. No. Whether oh. whether we not whether we get Nori or not, we'll have Theravada on the do the Nori one because that'll be like two hours. Boom, we might be able to get like big twins or somebody. Or Capone. what was no 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 Doug Militant cats. What were their names? Uh Maze and Mussolini. Yes, we gotta call them. Thugged out militainment. Thugged out militainment, <laughs> baby. Thug. Yeah, jackets and shit, yo. Yo, I love that. I mean, Imagine just getting that check and it says thugged out militainment. I would never cash it, yo. I would just look. That's that's incredible, yo. And a good tragedy. <laughs> ahead of uh, like, what if their checks were like um, personalized and it said like thugged out, like stamped? There's like a logo in the middle of the check. To like to like like Edward P. James from that's, that's, that's <laughs> president. <the rest> <laughs> Of th- I'm Edward, the president of Thumbnail Military. Like, I've been here four years. Oh, I love it, man. Went to Dartmouth. Noriega have like his uh, picture of his poppy on the back. Like, yo, it's going in. We going in, yo. Yo. We got to get, we got to get, um, call our culture checks. All right. We, 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 we don't got much to pay anybody, but I think as a novelty item, that would be the anchor checks, bro. That's yeah, man. We'd be able to send our guests. Everybody, if you yeah. hang in there, we'd be able to pay guest appearances, call our culture checks. We working our way. We climbing the ladder, bro. We're starting small. I believe. I'll pull some strings. We'll try to get Nori on here. That'll be hell strange. yeah. All right. With there all these, with all these Zoom calls and clubhouse meetings and all this crazy shit going on, more people are going to be doing all this this digital stuff. Available now from DJ Chong Wizard and Zilla Rocker, Midnight Suns on vinyl, CD, not so much cassette presently, hoodies. T-shirts, test pressing, Midnight Suns, nine joints, instrumentals, breaks, and new drums from J-Zone, features from Castro in Alaska, Billy Woods, Lord Juco, Prem Rock, Denmark Vesey, Nature, Queensbridge, what up, and Malik Blunt, a.k.a. M. Illitan, a.k.a. Malik B. from the legendary Roots crew, rest in peace, he is on the record. New album out now at chongwizard.bandcamp.com exclusively. Grab the vinyl. You guys want to hear me on vinyl? My first time ever in my entire life on wax. As a solo artist, I should say. Or in a group project in this sense. So there you go. Midnight Suns is available. We'd love it if you purchase it now. I was really iffy about doing like a ticketed online show. Mm-hmm. Unless it was going to be like a whole production, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I still feel like like I haven't seen. I don't know. Have you guys seen any of these ticketed online shows for any artists yet? I haven't seen. Them. I think the people that do well at them are like used to this medium, like Twitch Twitch users. True. They pretty. Like, and then I've seen um cats um bear with me. Y'all. What's the um what's the game where you make like a house? Sims. No, like the newer one, Animal Crossing oh, or something uh, like that. Yeah, one of those two. They Mind have it actually. Yeah, one of those three. I'm bear with me, but they oh, have yeah. it where each artist is doing their show in their little lair, and they'll move it around. Like some people are really adept at that stuff, but performing right. for a screen, nah. So like my boys Arm and Hammer, they recorded something like on a rooftop, yeah, had it post producted and then put it out. So I think uh, you know that that might, you know if you can get yourself an isolated situation, get your little cameraman. I think that might come off, you know, either way. But then I seen um, Milo did like a live stream. Oh, yeah. That went that went well. So it, I think it depends. Okay. I think it really depends. Nice. You know, um, if I'm your fan base asks you for it, then yeah, it would work. Right. Yeah. I mean, I like, I entertain, like, I flirted the idea to my following to kind of like gauge it. But I don't know. I was iffy about it. Like I said, you know, if it's not like a, a thing, a real effort, you're going to like, you know what I'm saying? There's some something to like get from it, take from it download from it you know something to actually like obtain not just like oh yeah like i'm not i didn't want it to look like how the um the verses were looking you know what i'm saying like <laughs> that, would, that would be the last thing i would want any of it to look like like i want it to look like lady gaga level production like I yeah know, yeah you know and like i want i want swans with diamonds on them like swarovski yeah. shits just fucking gliding across the screen like like production value, like, like Yeezus. Yeah, I need like Yeezus type shit where it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm gonna do it isolated, I need it to be like a whole thing. You know what I'm saying? That'd be fire. But I do like I like what Uncle John is doing. How he's just really at the venues, 
I got people in DC. He's been doing live shows like he's in the venue at DC. Oh, he's shit. just performing on the stage, like streaming it. He's got mastermind with him, DJ, and playing songs. Oh, so, oh nice. But it's on an actual stage, so at least yeah, it's so it's like it's live. Home. But he's really on a stage with a mic, but it's all mic'd in, and like the audio's coming oh, through. That's fire. That might be more comfortable because when you do TV, it's kind of like in that vein. There might be more of an empty room, but you're still on the stage. When I've done TV, I felt like that. Right, right, um, yeah, like how it used to look when you like you a guest on all that, and then you like yeah. or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. or like I've, I've done cable kids, access like shows. The locks is yeah. on stage, and. <laughs> Or there might be a song playing in the house that's not the song that they uh, that you're performing or what they're hearing. Because sometimes you perform with kids, they'll um, <laughs> they'll pump in different music than what you're performing. It's it's, it's really strange. That is crazy. That's Just, why you'll that's- see you'll go if you go on YouTube, you'll find. Well, it was overseas, but um, what's the girl? Um, don't want no short dick man. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Don't want like the, five the and ten year olds all in the crowd. fingers. Her name is E D P D P D V. Yeah, and there's like all these children in it, and they had to pump different music in it. Like she's singing it, but like the kids are like dance. I was, I was, I love that song so much, deeply, still to this day. And watching that clip, I was like, this is really irresponsible. Yeah, they let you know that adults in boardrooms don't give a fuck. But except bottom line, Europe is like way more chill than us sometimes, you know, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, but it was very dick mad in front of Tetris. Yeah, it was, it was no, there was no metaphor. No, she even said, I don't want one. She says, like, I don't want that little, it's the size of my pink. She goes, like, real grab. She says, like, starts talking. And then it's kids in the back. Yeah, they're all fucking doing a running man. (laughs) What is this? What are y'all talking about? It's a song called Short Dick Man. On MTV, 20 fingers. They were, it was like a house. Club song or yeah, pretty much like a house hit. Don't want no short, short, don't want no short, short, yeah. And if you go look it up, everybody find it. Oh, wow, and they did a live show, there's a live show at a spring break inside, like a TRL type of show. Performing is like 10 15 year olds dancing, fucking wild out. That's crazy. It'd be like if 106 and Park had like two live crew. Come on and do like that raunchy yeah, song. Right, yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> they did the yin yang twins joint, but like you know. Well, the yin yang slipped it. Wait till you, what is it? Wait, Wait till you me. hit. No, but that's the real one. What is the? There's a. So oh, wait till you right. see my. It's hey, funny. The edited versions be cracking me up. Wait, yeah, I know. Edited be versions are better. They're way better. Well, they because they're way better. more creative. And if you know yeah. this song's gonna be a hit, you make the edited version immediately because when you're yeah. doing other appearances, you can't do that version. Yeah, and it actually rewrite parts of the song for edited versions. Yeah. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. when, the um, edited version of Brooklyn Zoo is far superior. Yeah. Trinidad <laughs> James, I didn't know that song for the longest. I didn't know he said nigga, nigga, nigga. nigga. I had no idea. I, I seriously like, and that's a main part of the song. So somebody told me, I was like, okay. Um, and then James. also my other edited story is for like two, three years when Do The Right Thing came out, I watched it on CBS, because it came to CBS pretty quick. Last yeah. you might remember this. And so I was watching it on there. So I didn't know they said motherfucker through it. So I used to go to school and I'll quote the lines. I'm like, Mickey, Vicky, you. And they're like, yo, what are you talking about? Wait, what, which song is this? Mickey, Vicky. Do The Right Thing, the movie. They <laughs> oh, took mother- okay. They took motherfucker out and put Mickey, Vicky everywhere, Mickey, right? Vicky. All through, right? So. So I go to school and I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm quoting lines and stuff like that. It's like C battery, Mickey, Vicky, you. And they're like, yo, what are you, what movie are you talking about? Like, what are you calling? <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, good one. Mickey Vicky, Mickey Vicky. Like, and I was, I didn't know they said motherfucker. So like I was running around looking very foolish. My friends were laughing at me at school. Very when they do like when they'd be like, mother, father. I'm like, mother, uh, father. But that's that's a lesson that's to all y'all youngsters. If you don't know the movie and you only seen the trailer and the commercials, <laughs> don't go to school. Acting like you saw it. Kids just do that all the time. Oh, yeah, man, that was dope. Look at this Mickey you know? Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I thought, man. Look at this Mickey Vicky walking Mickey, up the street. Mickey Vicky, you. Mickey Vicky. Yeah, all right, right enough. I'm good. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, that's what we got for Theravada. You can tell people where they can get at you. They can find you Twitter, Instagram, Napster. Where can they get you, man? Uh, THRVD. Bong. Everywhere where you type in Theravada, spelt out like how it says it, right? Right. Right there. Hot. There's, a, there's a podcast, so people are. You know, oh, they're not going to see Wula. Yeah, no, we don't do the video. <laughs> <laughs> Is Bandcamp the best way to uh, people to fuck with you? Yeah, thrvd.bandcamp or it's2000.bandcamp. It's 2000. 
Perfect. Bomb. Excellent. Cool. We greatly appreciate your time tonight. On, uh, on definitely, that. man. Appreciate you guys having me. We'll let, yeah, and we'll have the Nori you. show. We'll have you come through. And if you can get Nori, even better. Yeah, yeah man. I don't know. I don't know how, but whatever chance I have of it, like being like, hey, Nori, people are interested in talking about you instead of you talking to other people. So pull up. Boom. Perfect. Put it like, hey, would you like us to interrupt all your life stories? Come to call out coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, have someone else do it to you, but you can't That's a bit. Nori, Nori be telling mad stories on this shit to me the way. Yeah. Nori's not, man. Shout out to Nori. Shout out to Nori. What's up? All right, Claude. Melvin Flint. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Definitely, definitely. Peace, peace. Talk to him. Talk to him.